Welcome back to Mini TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo, and I am so sorry that there is an echo in this room, but y'all, y'all got Mama Mo right now, okay? And not only that, but y'all got sleepy Mama Mo. <laughs> y'all, I told my guy, I was like, I gotta go record before Halloween is over. I laid down with my daughter to put her to sleep. He was like, you gonna be recording a dream in a minute if you don't get up. <laughs> So here I am, y'all. Okay, so I know that I was supposed to be doing a movie. I love y'all, but it ain't happening tonight, okay? It's too long of a movie for me to get it out for Halloween. So instead, I'm going to give you guys something that I know I'm going to have finished before midnight. And that is the new season of American Horror Stories plural okay not to get confused with the delicate season this is season three episode one titled bestie okay now i took notes on this so this may be a little bit more detailed than what y'all are used to that could be a, a good thing for y'all but a bad thing for me because <laughs> it may go a little bit longer i told y'all i'm tired y'all we went trick-or-treating and i told y'all in my neck of the woods it, it's cold okay baby girl did good up until the, like the last 30 minutes. <laughs> and she was like, it's cold. I'm ready to go. I'm done. But this was her first time going. So it was a good time, y'all. Okay. Very surprised at how she did. It was nothing short of an amazing night. So without further ado, let's go ahead and end your night on a good note. <clears throat> I have Michael Myers going in the background, y'all, so this is going to be great, okay? Nothing better than Michael Myers on Halloween. The synopsis for this episode is, after the loss of her mother, a young woman seeks connection in a mysterious online friend. Y'all already know that it's about to be some mess, right? <laughs> Let me just say that I really do hope that... This season of American Horror Stories is a lot better than the last season. Um, last season had a few good pieces in it. However, I'm going to be honest with y'all. A lot of them episodes was just not hitting. Okay. Um, that was definitely better than the first season, but still no. Okay. <laughs> still no. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. So we start the episode off with some kids performing the play Macbeth. And when they get to a particular part that involves a cauldron, we see someone putting a mysterious blue liquid in it. Unbeknownst to the actors on stage, I'm going to assume, right? <clears throat> so the play goes on like normal. That is until the girl drinks from the pot along with the other three kids that are on the stage doing the scene she starts to have a coffin fit then all of a sudden they all start to just like vomit on the stage y'all it's gross okay he has to come out there the the director dude and is like yeah no this is not part of the play i'm so sorry close the curtains so as he's informing them that this is not part of the play we hear someone asking what is fear okay always seeming to command our moves when it's present 
So we're going to back it up, y'all. We're going to back it up to three months earlier. And the same guy that's mentioned in fear finishes it off with asking, what if we said, not today, fear, okay, with a snap. And it's a guy named anorexia, like anorexia, like the eating disorder anorexia, like that. But it's spelled A-N-N-A. R-E-X-I-A or something like that. Something weird, okay? But y'all know what it means. And looking at this video is a girl named Shelby, okay? She's watching one of Anorexia's videos, and it looks like they're moving into a new spot, okay? Uh, Anorexia jokes about giving away her beloved teddy bear. I'm sorry, not Anorexia. Her dad jokes about giving away her beloved teddy bear. And it seems like she's in a very emotional state right now because she gets all up in arms about him just like making this joke. Okay, so now it's not a good time for dad to be trying to crack jokes. So when they're unboxing some items, he actually ends up running across something that belonged to her mom. And we find out that unfortunately her mom was a victim of cancer. Y'all, F cancer, okay? I I can't stand it. And I really hope that they are able to find a cure sometime soon for it. Um, And so her dad tries to comfort her about how moving was a good suggestion for them from the therapist. um, So they could try to have a fresh start away from all of the painful memories that were involved, you know, while her mom was... uh, suffering from her terminal illness so she arrives at school and it turns out Shelby can blow y'all okay she can sing but there's this group of jerks in her chorus class with her that are making fun of her appearance okay so let me give y'all an idea of what Shelby looks like Shelby is your typical teenager she's got blonde hair um, she's got like the granny glasses that are now in style. Y'all know how they, they're coming back. Okay. I've seen a couple of cute ones and I was like, if only I was brave enough. <laughs> you know how sometimes you can see stuff on other people and be like, dang, it look good on them. But then when you try to be like, mm, not so much, let me put them back. <laughs> So anyway, she's got those glasses and she just seems like she's your typical teenager. She's probably like super smart. Um, She kind of looks kind of geeky, but anyway, she's very sweet, very reserved, very shy. So um, they're making jokes about how she looks like a grandma with her glasses on. So as most teenagers would, she actually hears them and she takes off her, her glasses Okay, because she doesn't want them to keep making jokes about her. Y'all kids can be cruel. Okay, so the choir director ends up telling her to do a solo riff because they're practicing. And so he's telling different individuals in the class to go ahead and hit a solo real quick. So it's her turn and Shelby stumbles because she's nervous. And one of the girls from the group makes another crude joke about her. Right. And so this time. Y'all, Shelby starts hearing whispers, like, in her head. And all of a sudden, they over there laughing, y'all. Old girl get hit upside the head with a damn book. 
<laughs> like she just cold clocked. <laughs> and so when she hit old girl with the book, it actually caused her nose to bleed. Now, I ain't saying that Shelby wasn't wrong, but um, old girl deserved that. Okay, or at least another form of she'll be standing up for herself, right? Like she could have called her a name or two or said something. I don't know. Maybe throwing a book is not always the answer, but it seemed like the appropriate multiple choice decision for this one. <laughs> so while she's waiting in the hallway, because the choir director was like, go sit out in the hallway, you know, just wait for class to be over. She's sitting out in the hallway and she starts to hear voices again. Y'all, this is not good. So just then the director comes to get her and y'all, the director, it looks like to me, it's the Mai Tai Killer from American Horror Story last season. Tell me I'm tripping y'all. I think that's him. So he says that he overreacted to her earlier. And honestly, hell, he want to throw books sometimes too, especially some of them rude ass kids. Give me the book. So he tells her that he knew her mom, Sharon, and that they would go to conferences together in Omaha. He mentions how losing someone that close can be earth shattering, which fortunately I haven't had to experience that just yet. I'm sure that it's coming and I hope that I am able to handle it the best way I know how but I'm pretty sure it's still going to be rough but he ends up saying that it can be earth shattering for a lot of people that deal with those types of losses but the fact that she is still here speaks volumes okay he then goes on to share his own story of loss so him and his wife struggled with fertility way back when and when she finally was able to get pregnant and carry the baby to term it was all the more devastating when they lost her during the delivery. So the wife went into labor. They're in the delivery room. And unfortunately for them, the baby's cord got wrapped around her neck. And so he's screaming at the doctors to do something, you know, make sure that his baby doesn't die. But that was just not in the cars this time. And so they had to leave the hospital with no baby. Gosh, that is sad. Um, so in the hallway, the group of bullies comes up and talks to her, uh, talks about her again. Okay. And then they run off. And in my head, I was like, girl, didn't you just get a book thrown at you? Like you didn't learn your lesson the first time. <laughs> I'm just saying. So at the house, dad is trying to talk to Shelby at dinner, but Shelby is like face planted into her phone. She's watching another clip from anorexia and her dad is still trying to make light conversation with her. So he brings up her possibly auditioning for a play since she did so good in the previous one. So when he shows her a picture of the play, well, a picture from the play that she had performed the last time, y'all, Shelby lost her shit, okay? And she got upset, stood up, and when she accidentally, when she stood up, she accidentally, like, knocked over a lit candle 
which ended up causing a small fire at the dinner table. So I realized after I had wrote down these this part of the notes that when Shelby started that fire and her dad was like, Shelby, what the hell is going on? She was like, she couldn't see because she didn't have her glasses. That's why she was so face planted in the phone because she didn't have her glasses. She couldn't see. So that's another reason too. But anyway, dad quickly puts out the fire and tries to see what's wrong with her. And she ends up storming off saying that he'll never understand how she's feeling. Okay. So again, typical teenager behavior, however, combined with the fact that she just lost her mom. Yeah. It's just not a good time. Um, so upstairs, she's still looking at videos and she mentions how when she was younger, um, sorry, she is in anorexia. So she mentions that when she was younger, she would be terrified of the word anorexia because she knew that it, it applied to her. She knew that she had an eating disorder. Okay. So anorexia decided to grab life by the ball, so to speak, and to stare down fear and she decided to make it her online name. And because she decided to face her fear, she has received so much love and support since then, which is great. Okay. Not all stories end that way, but it's good to know that hers ended positively for her. So after the stream is over, one of the other subs reaches out to Shelby and they start to kind of like vibe, you know, just like on some friend stuff. So they decide to try to video chat and prior to them actually video chatting, Shelby was like, oh, you know, you don't want to see me right now because I've just been crying all day. And the other girl was like, well, I've been, you know, I don't really look the best either. So promise not to judge and I won't either. Um, and so they decide to video chat. And so when a girl comes on the screen, y'all. Apparently, it was nothing like neither me nor Shelby expected because, and this is not to be rude, but um, she was disfigured. So it it's not the fact that we can't be friends because you disfigured. It just kind of threw me off. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that part of it. So they started talking about how both of their dads are annoying and they build a true friendship, right? Or... At least that's what it seems like. But in my head, I'm looking at this lady's hands because this is a lady, y'all. But I'm looking at her hands and I'm like, how old are you? Because, y'all, this lady has old lady hands, like wrinkles for hands. This this is not a disfigured teenager or disfigured um, young adult. This is an older older lady yes she's still disfigured but she's older okay so now that y'all have that implanted in your brains I just feel like Shelby is very vulnerable right now and this lady is taking full advantage of her so they end up coming up with nicknames hers um for Shelby is uh Shelly Belly and the other girl self-appointed her nickname to be bestie she did that she she called her she said Shelby you can call me bestie girl that's not the name that I was gonna give you okay you gotta earn that so anyway um 
as the conversation goes on, I can just kind of tell the old girl is being too observant of Shelby's room because she loves the, you know, but, but Shelby loves the attention right now. Bestie is pointing out different things like the teddy bear. Um, she pointed out something else that was kind of like random and, you know, they, they really do start to build a friendship. Shelby loves the attention, like I said, and we'll see what happens. So the next day, Shelby races home to talk to Bestie, and Shelby exhibits her makeup skills to Bestie, okay? Shelby is pretty talented. Not only can she sing, but it looks like she can do a little bit of makeup as well, okay? So Bestie is hyping her up so much that she actually suggests that Shelby wear her makeup that she put on her face, like right now, to school, and Shelby was like, girl, no, I'm not going to do that, okay? And Bestie was like, why not? Um, <laughs> just to give y'all an idea of what Shelby's face looks like right now, y'all, Shelby looks like she's about to get ready to go do a performance of some sorts, whether it's, um, you know, like, you know how like sometimes if you go to like a circus or something like that, they may have on like the exotic looking makeup. That's what she has on. Okay. It's not bad makeup. It's really good. It's just exotic looking to kind of match the energy in the room. Okay. So she's got the exotic makeup on. Um, like she's going to get ready to go do a performance versus like I'm going to put my makeup on to go out to dinner or actually just literally go to school. You make sense? I hope so. Sorry. So, again, as Bestie is talking to her, I'm peeping her hands. Her hands are definitely those of an elderly woman. That's it. So, while Shelby thinks people will make fun of her, Bestie encourages her to face her fears. Sorry, her fears. <laughs> And at least do her eyes, okay? If you're not going to wear the full face, at least do your eyes. So she does. And surprise, surprise, no one stares at her in the hallway like she's got three heads. So she does get one stare from a guy in chorus. But them damn kids that's in that class is still snickering at her. Okay, so the director mentions after class that there are auditions for Macbeth. They're coming up soon, and he pulls Shelby to the side to ask her if she's actually going to be auditioning. And she coyly says that she doesn't know right now. All right, we'll keep it up in the air. We'll see. So outside class, the same girl that done got hit with this book tries to bring up Shelby wearing makeup because the previous day she had told Shelby that she looked like a lesbian, right? She was giving off lesbian vibes. And Shelby, this time, instead of her just like walking away and ignoring old girl, Shelby has a comeback this time about her being a shit belly, <laughs> about her needing to eat more fiber bars or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was a lame comeback, but at least Shelby stood up for herself. And so when she stood up for herself, of course, this left old girl's friends and her speechless. So Shelby was super proud of herself. She rushes home to tell Bestie what she did. And they had a good giggle, okay? But 
Bestie has been on her worst behavior too, so she tells Shelby because she ends up telling Shelby that she hid her dad's wallet because he's been getting on her nerves so much. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he may get on your nerves, but why would you hide his wallet? Don't both of y'all need to eat? Don't he need to go to the store? Don't he need to keep providing for you? Why wouldn't you hide something else? Something that's not so important, but whatever, bestie. So she said that she hit his wallet because he was getting on her nerves so much. And she suggests that Shelby do the same thing. But since her dad's at work, Shelby decides to go hide something else. And the something else was her mom's teacher of the year mug, which is very sentimental to her dad. <sighs> we see that Shelby is starting to be persuaded to do things that don't seem like they're in her character that she would normally do if she weren't heavily influenced by Bestie. So she actually does go hide it, okay? After, she, after her dad leaves, she glows to Bestie, but... Instead of Bestie leaving it there like, hey, girl, yeah, you did that. You know, you faced your fears, which I don't get that part. I think this is more hurtful than being scared of something. But she was like, okay, I'm going to do you one even better. She takes it up a few notches and dares Shelby to break the mug. Sensing Shelby's hesitancy. Bestie eggs her own by insinuating that her dad loves the cup more than he loves her. So she does it. And immediately after she breaks the mug, she feels remorse for what she did. Which she knows that she's not supposed to be doing it. So why are you even letting this girl talk you into doing something that is not of your character? Anyway. Um, so... <sighs> It was part of her mom, but Bestie is very glad that Shelby trusts her enough during this whole process. Bestie ends up confiding to Shelby that she's disfigured because her mom was addicted to drugs while she was pregnant with her. So after she was born, she ended up getting adopted and has been getting homeschooled since. Again, do y'all peep her hands? How long have you been getting homeschooled? Since 1955? Because, girl, your hands look older than my mama's. That's it. That's all. So, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> she told her her deep, dark secret, right? Bestie did about her mom being a drug addict. So now... In turn for that, she wants Shelby to do something for her. Or shall I say a few things at this point? Because after Bestie tells her the secret, y'all, Shelby is like, yeah, you know, I'll do anything for you. And she was like, well, there are a few things that I, I, I want you to do. She ends up tell, turning Shelby into a modern day criminal, y'all. And so some of the things that she had Shelby do included egg in somebody's house, stealing snacks from the store, and even cursing her dad out. Did y'all hear that last one that I said? Now, I know she grieving and all, 
but her lips still would have met the wall after that. Because you're not going to sit up here and cuss me out, girl, if I'm taking care of you. Okay? We both grieving. So do I have the right to cuss you out since I lost my wife, my partner? No, I don't. Huh. Anyway, Shelby doesn't make the cut for Macbeth. And this same damn girl makes a comment about them having a grandma part next time. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. It was funny when she said it. She was like, you know, maybe they can have a grandma part next time so Shelby can go out for it. So now we're caught up to speed where we see the kids vomiting on stage. And it's because Shelby is the one that is responsible for putting the mysterious liquid in the cauldron. Mm-hmm. Y'all, Shelby is going balls to the wall, okay? So, Bestie wants hers, uh, wants Shelby to go back, but Shelby is like, girl, if I do, then I'm going to get caught. But Bestie always has this rule about facing her fears. And so, Shelby does actually go back. And she feels more alive than ever. So we know this is definitely not going to end well. Bestie brings up that it's almost Halloween and she's never been able to dress up. So Shelby decides to be her stand-in, like kind of like her avatar. That's what she said, okay? So when she decides to dress up, y'all, Shelby does the most hurtful thing yet. Because when she goes to school... She dresses up as the Grim Reaper. Well, she has the Grim the Grim Reaper gown on, but when she actually gets to choir class, underneath, she reveals that she actually is dressed up as a deceased baby. And to make matters worse, Shelby does her makeup. And she's got these X's over her eyes like she's dead. So when she closes her eyes, the X's look like like she's for real dead. But when she does that, y'all, she simultaneously pulls this cord that she's got wrapped around her neck to kind of um, resemble the choir director's baby and the cord being wrapped around her neck. Y'all sick. Like, I would have... He he shows some restraint. Because if it was the same sex, if it was a guy doing that, I can't say that he would be, he would be wrong for putting his hands on that kid. I mean, yeah, you need to show restraint, but you don't do stuff like that. And so when he when he saw what she was dressed up as underneath the Grim Reaper costume, he ended up telling her, you know, Eventually, I will forgive you one day, but I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I'm not going to even tell y'all what Shelby here wrote on the back of her, on the back of her costume. I'm not going to even tell y'all that because it's disrespectful. Shelby's effed up, y'all. She's effed up for that. So 
I feel like now Shelby is actually turning into the very thing that she despised this whole time. And honestly, she's running neck and neck with the girl that was bullying her. So, later on, her dad, I guess, has to come get her from school. And he's rightfully upset with her. So, he ends up locking her in the basement until he figures out how to handle her. And this new person that she seemingly turned into, okay? I don't know who this new person is that done invaded your body, Shelby, but you can get a hoe back. <laughs> I need my daughter back. So, she's locked in the basement, but she's banging on the door that she wants her phone. But while she's in the basement, she ends up finding her mom's, like, office, um, like, her stuff that was left in her office at work. And she ends up coming across her laptop, but not before she ended up seeing a picture of her and her mom. Y'all, that picture was so cute. And I'm sure Shelby was really sad about seeing that picture um, at the same time that she remembered, you know, a happy time in a place with her mom. It's still kind of bittersweet. So... She ends up finding her mom's laptop, and of course she gets online, and Bessie manipulates her into breaking her own arm. Did y'all hear me? I said Bestie manipulated her into breaking her own arm to the point where the bone has penetrated the skin. It's come through the skin, y'all. We can see her bone. And so, of course... Her dad is frantic and he's hella confused about everything that's going on. Like I said, y'all, Shelby, Bestie is, is just making this so bad for her. And Shelby can't see the forest from the trees at this point because she's so gullible. So he ends up rushing her to the hospital because Bestie suggested that she do this in order to get the attention that she wants or to at least have her dad open up the basement door so she can go get her phone. So after she, after her wounds are dealt with at the hospital, the next thing we see is her speaking to a counselor, right? Which is good. This is progress. Um, and she now has her glasses back on. She's fixed up the glass, the mug that her dad was looking for, and apologizes to him for all of the shit that she done put him through recently. And so he was like, yeah, that's cool. It's a start. Okay, we still got a long way to go, but that'll do for now. So she goes to bring Mr. Nevins, who is the choir director, um, some I'm, I'm sorry flowers. Y'all know what them look like. <laughs> but she ends up finding out that he's out for the rest of the semester. And so she's like, oh, dang. Okay. So she's walking down the hall and she actually runs into River, who was the guy that was like, that possibly like had a crush on her in choir. But I forgot to mention to y'all that when we saw that Shelby was the one that put the mystery liquid into the cauldron, River also saw her do that. So just keep that in the back of your brains for a minute. So... She runs into River and he introduces himself and he's currently looking at like an anorexia video or something like that to the point where it grabs Shelby's attention. They vibe over the fact that both of them love this this uh, personality 
And um, it's just one more thing for them to bond over. So as he's walking away, he says, bye-bye, best friend. And then she gets a text from an unknown sender claiming to know what she did. Hashtag podgate. Then tells her to meet them tomorrow at 3.30, best friend. Yeah, somebody knows Shelby's secret, y'all. And I'm pretty sure that it's River. But what's River's endgame? I'm curious to know. So we see that the person that told her to meet them at 3.30 was none other than River. And so he mentions how he knew what she did about Podgate. And she was like, whoa, you know, are you going to tell on me? He was like, no, okay, chill out. He actually thinks that what she did was pretty badass, considering the fact that those same group of jerks has been bullying him as well since he was, I guess, like a freshman or something like that. He feels like they kind of got what they deserved. And so he goes on to mention how they've been making fun of him because he's disabled. Um, but nobody knew that he was disabled and he says that he, when he was born, he was born with, um, a heart situation where his heart was actually, um, on the outside of his body. And so by the time he was six, he had to go through four different heart surgeries and they ended up putting the heart back on the inside of his body. However, a part of his rectum is now on the outside, which, you know, that can be a field day for some people. So he was like, look, I'm not trying to, you know, seem like I'm stalking you or anything like that. I just wanted to tell you that what you did was pretty dope. And so he ends up asking her what she's doing. And of course she says nothing. So they go hang out a little bit. Um, they end up getting some fruit snacks from the lady at the store. Um, he plays his disabled card pretty well with her and she gives him free stuff. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Why not? So they end up kicking it and we see that they they do a lot of things. Um, and over the next couple of months, it seems like Shelby, as she's been ignoring Bestie, her life has blossomed the way that it should. And we also hear anorexia come on and say, when you face your fears in a good way, um, basically good things happen. Okay. We're talking about if you do the right thing, even though it may um, be detrimental to you from like a popular standpoint. Um, that's one of those things where it's like, you know how your parents always tell you to, regardless of what everybody else says or what it, regardless of what the popular opinion is, you do the right thing, even if it makes you look like you're crazy, okay, or weird or whatever, whatever adjective they want to describe this negative. Um, and so if you decide to face your fears in that aspect and do the right things, then good things will follow. And we see that her and River's relationship has blossomed into something a lot more than a friendship. It's something more romantic. Um, and then we also see that she has been thriving in 
choir as well. They do a performance and we see the old girl that she threw the book at is kind of just like standing off to the side, looking sad and lonely. Okay, so all that bullying that she was doing didn't turn out in her favor. So we also see that, um, was that before or after? They go get the choir director back because her, River, and a couple of other kids from the class, they decide to go stand outside of his house and sing to him. Y'all, it was really sweet. He was in there in his, you know, sweeper, in his duster, feeling all depressed and down. And he came to the window and saw them. And y'all, a smile came on his face so bright, so wide. He came back. They finished out the performance. And we see that all this time, Bestie is still reaching out to her, still threatening that if she ghosts her, then she's going to regret it. So then Mr. Nevins ends up talking to uh, Shelby's dad, and he's telling her how sorely she'll be missed. Shelby is one of the brightest students that he has ran into. She's one of the good eggs. And, you know, he gives her all of these compliments and all of those great things of that nature. And we find out that Shelby wants to go to Oberlin. And she wants to go to Oberlin not only because she's talented, but also because River is also going to Oberlin. And she says that River is like the most important person in her life and she just doesn't want to lose him. So her dad is very understanding at this point. And he was like, okay, cool. You know, you've got your your mom's characteristics. You're all heart. That's a great thing. Your mom was just like that. So I understand. So we then see Shelby... Um, run to the library she finds River and she tells him the great news about her being able to live with him in Oberlin as long as she keeps her grades up you know and financial aid is able to come through like it's supposed to great okay cool so she's got her laptop out and just then Bestie ends up like messaging her again with a threat and so he was like who is this some stalker weird boyfriend who is this and so she ends up telling him who Bestie is. And she was like, she's just really toxic and I've been trying to stay away from her. Um, and I managed to block her on my phone, but her messages just keep coming through on my laptop. So he picks up her laptop and he manages to block her. And so, um, you know, she's like super in love with him. And I'm just glad that Shelby was able to get away from Bestie. I'm sure that that is not going to be the end of this that would be too easy right but I don't know maybe Shelby will have a happy ending after all y'all I cannot with this show so River ends up asking her what she has to do later on that night and she was like nothing and he said that he had this really incredible fantastic idea and next thing we see is Shelby waking up. They're in the car. They're on the way to whatever this location is. He says that it's a surprise. They get to this specific area where it's like a line of houses that's kind of like beachside, but 
it's just giving off really weird vibes. So, although this is an open field, apparently he has to use a key to unlock the gate. Um, So, like, this... If y'all have ever been to, like, a baseball game, you know how, like, they have, like, the... um the dugout or something like that it's it kind of seems like that's part of that so he unlocks that and they step through and they walk up to one of the houses and she was like you know I'm not getting really good vibes like what are we doing here I'm getting scared and he was like it's okay all is good I promise so they step inside the house She's looking around. River doesn't really go too far once they're inside the house. He kind of like stands in the foyer. And she's looking around just trying to see like who is here. And so she's like, does somebody live here? And she notices that there's like this ivy pole with this um bag hanging on it. And then there's also like old ass furniture, old ass wallpaper, some creepy dolls like then she finally notices a background that she's all too familiar with and the ring light so once she realizes that she is now standing in the same space that bestie does all of her conversations when they talk on the phone or do video chats She's telling River that they got to get out of there. And so he was like, chill, chill, chill. No, it's fine. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Just calm down. Next thing you know, we see Bestie coming down the steps, y'all. And Bestie has on this swimsuit like she is an extra from Baywatch. Okay? So she's coming down the steps. She comes face to face with Shelby. Shelby screams and she tries to run to river for help so they can get out of there and instead of river helping her river pulls out a knife and shelby runs right into it and he stabs her right in the heart she asks him why before she collapses and her heartbeat stops And so then he says, you know, I did it. I've done everything that you asked me to do. Now we can be together forever. And she creepily says, yes, friend. Together forever. And y'all, they walk along the beach as the sun is setting. And that's the way the episode ends. I'm not a fan of this episode, okay? I don't like it. (laughs) I definitely didn't like the ending if this is how the rest of the season's gonna go this is going to be a long season okay that's all i'm gonna say let me know what y'all thought you can reach me at me tv reviews on facebook and on instagram you can also reach me at my tv reviews podcast without the s on the end (laughs) y'all i hope we have some better stories than this for future stories y'all i'm pissed Because they released four episodes at once. Again, I love y'all. But I have jobs. Like multiple jobs. And that's not including me being a a mom. So I'll get them to y'all when I can. Okay. And as far as the movie goes, it's going to happen tomorrow. Okay. 
that's it i just ran out of time today but i wanted to give you guys something before midnight hopefully it is before midnight unless you're like on the east coast or like you're in a whole different time zone that's like ahead of where i am so if you are i apologize it's past halloween now but from where i am (laughs) i still got 30 more minutes Y'all, I love y'all. I hope you guys had a wonderful, safe day. If you actually do um, celebrate Halloween, I hope you got some really good candy. I hope you got to spend time with your loved ones dressed up really cute and had some good memories to share for later on. Um, But that's all I have for now. So until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.